0: To the Subway Station Sports Podcast. I'm Jonathan Chernin, your host. And we have back on Nolan Sullivan. Um, you want to say anything?
1: How's it going, John? Uh, I'm happy to be back. Ready it's going pretty good. Baseball. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. A lot um, over the Mets' uh, series loss and season ending. But, you know, other than that, I'm doing good. Now,
0: <laughs> I'm going to say this before we start. We are a small podcast. We're growing. And I, to be honest, don't think that there's anything we can say extra about that series against the Padres. Everything that can be said has been said. Yep. What I do think we should talk about in this episode is the future and recapping the season. Are you with me on that?
1: I'm 100% with you.
0: Now, looking at the 2022 season, Name your top three moments that stand out for you. Favorite moments in the entire season. Go.
1: All right. So, number one has to be the combined no hitter for me. You know, um, we didn't have a no hitter for a long time, and beginning of the season to just start off on that point, it was just it was very nice to see. Um, so that I, I would put that at number one. Let's see. Number two, it's not really like a moment, but like that series sweep against the Yankees was also a big part because, you know, we're around a bunch of Yankee fans and um, it was just it was nice to uh, have that feeling of sweeping them. So that was probably number two. And the last one, probably when Nick Plummer hit that home run to tie it, I'm pretty sure against the Phillies, if I'm not wrong. Uh, yes. yeah, that was I that believe, was probably number I three it was. And awesome. also, and also, if I add an extra one, probably at the end of the season, Eduardo Escobar's uh, what was it four for four game? five RBIs? Yeah,' um, completely carrying the team on his back after struggling.
0: Now me, so. for me personally, ready?-hmm. Number one, I'm going with the combined no-hitter. How do you argue with that? Yep. That was, in my opinion, one of the best moments I have ever seen as a Mets fan. Uh, Edwin Diaz coming out there in the ninth. Credit to those other four guys, but Edwin Diaz that day, uh, coming out of the bullpen to as he always does. The trumpets just felt a little bit louder that day. The place popped a little bit more, and Diaz rose to the occasion, and we got our first no-hitter since uh, Johan Santana in 2012. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was a great moment, and especially with it being the 60th anniversary of the New York Mets uh, this season, um, history was made this year for sure. Uh, number two, the second thing I'm going to put. Uh, this was kind of a tough spot for me, spot two and spot three. You don't want to put the same player twice, but I'm just going to give a shout out to this moment. Okay. Uh, this is an honorable mention before I go to number two, and that is Eduardo Escobar hitting for the cycle against San Diego. Yep. Uh, but my number two on the list is going to be, uh, when he drove in all five runs and we, uh, won the game. That was the Escobar game at the end of the season. Most iconic post game interview that I've seen in a long time, uh, since JD Davis in 2019. Uh, I thought that that was – it was just a terrific, wholesome, great, I love baseball type moment Mm -hmm. Uh, for me personally as a fan. Uh, The other one, it could be the comeback in Philadelphia. could be the comeback in St. Louis. But you know what I'm taking? What? I am taking Max Scherzer's 200th win the night that we clinched. Mm -hmm. I'm taking that night. Because Max Scherzer was perfect through six. He was absolutely brilliant. And the team did something big that day. We really saw, wow, this is a special group. I understand we didn't go all the way. That is a fact. We simply did not get the job done. We didn't go all the way. But it was little moments like that. Steve Cohen going to Milwaukee. Uh, That game against the Brewers, it was special. It really was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cohen was there. Epler was there. Everyone was there. And that celebration afterwards, you just saw that they were a team. Alonzo's home run that day. I would say Scherzer's 200th win, the clincher, uh, as well as uh, just there's so many great moments this year. It's tough to pick just three.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was really debating um, putting that comeback against Philadelphia. But, you know, we've seen so many comebacks by this Mets team the last couple of years. And even though, like... You know, we haven't, like, made it far the last couple of years. You know, we've just seen so many, like, comebacks at this point. And I couldn't re- watch the game that night as I was at the Ranger game. But, um, yeah, I would have put it on there. But for those reasons, I did not.
0: Uh, So, I remember that night, for you in the audience that uh, don't know us personally, he's at the Ranger game that night. He goes to me and says, oh, I just saw the Mets got smoked. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't fun. Me being the idiot that I am does not turn off the TV. I, I let myself just literally bleed watching these games. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. And I start to see things turn around. We came back and won that game. So you, you go, uh, holy expletive. Uh, the Mets actually pulled it off. They actually won yesterday. And I said, yeah, like, it was unbelievable.
1: I'm pretty sure I called you that night, too, you, in the car. Yes,
0: you called me that night in the car. Yes, you're right about that. Um, The shock. Yeah, you came from watching that Ranger game. Which which detect- the Rangers
1: won. Very nice.
0: Then you went and checked the box score, and uh, there was utter shock. hmm um, I thought that that, was, that game was very special. And the comeback in St. Louis, frankly, was too. And then later in the season, Mark Canna hit two home runs against Philadelphia. Came back twice after Budo uh, made his Major League debut. Allowed, what was it, nine earned runs or something? It was, it, was,
1: it was something crazy.
0: Something crazy like that. But the point is, this team never gave up all year. I understand September, 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 September. You don't need to talk about it anymore. We're talking about the season as a whole. We went from 77 wins in um, 2021 to 101 in 2022. This ownership, I trust we're going to get better and better year after year. Although we're upset in the moment, at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. This New York Mets organization is built different. This organization is not going to tolerate losing. This organization is a different Mets. Hence the phrase, these Mets. Uh, They're they're a different organization. They are. Mm -hmm. Um, T.O.L. on Twitter, shout out to him. uh, He brought up a fact. It was disappointment. It wasn't an embarrassment. It was a disappointment. And if you want to watch his video, you can. Um, But I will say that he was right about that. And that's a thing some fans need to do. They need to sometimes put a little bit of perspective onto, onto things. Yep.
1: I mean, this Mets season was just crazy. Just just so unbelievable to watch. You know, I enjoyed myself this season until come come September. But, um, yeah, I mean, this Mets team has what it takes in the next one or two years to really go far. And, you know, Steve Cohen knows what he's doing. Billy Epler knows what he's doing. And um, other than the fact of the trade deadline, other than that, but uh, <laughs> oh, he totally botched that. But yeah, that
0: that's a whole different uh, frustration and argument for another time. Uh, I think it's blatantly obvious he botched the deadline, but we all know he did not have the intent on botching the deadline. So let's just leave it at that. And he did at the end of the day. He did bring up Alvarez eventually, which is what fans were clamoring for. He did bring up all these other guys, so I'm gonna cut him a little bit of slack for now.
1: Yeah, I just think that it was. I, I think that it was too late to bring up Alvarez. Like I, at that point, I would have kept them down in the minors. You know, I felt like we could have, we should have brought them up before then, uh, before the Brave series, in my opinion. It's um, you know, I I mean watching him, I couldn't really expect much um because, you know, that was the biggest series in the last couple of years for us. Yeah. Um and you know, a 20-year-old uh been in the minors all year, you know, coming up for that big of a series and even starting the first game of the series. You know, like you can't expect much. And I thought that if we gave him a little bit of time before that series to um, force himself into the MLB pitching instead of the minor league pitching and just let him kind of relax, settle down, you know, be able to, you know, really flourish himself in the league. You know, I felt like that was the the best move. I feel like bringing him up at that time was a little questionable. And even seeing that post, it was like it was a shock seeing that he was getting called up, Um, you know, I didn't think he was going to get called up, and he did. And, you know, he hit a home run, you know, he will be on the roster next year. And I just want to – I'm just excited to see how this kid does.
0: Yeah, me too. And now we're talking about individual players right now. Therefore, that brings me to the next thing I wanted to uh, discuss. Looking at the 2022 season as a whole, who are your top three MVPs for the Mets this year? All right, number one,
1: Pete Alonzo. And oh, okay, that is because Pete Alonso, uh, you know, he struggled the last couple of years. You know, he wasn't being, he wasn't able to lay off a curveball, a slider, in the other's batter's box, and he really improved his eye. He was able to, you know, get in longer counts. And he batted 270, near 40 home runs, you know, nearly 130 RBIs. Like, that is something that you want from Pete Alonso almost every year. And th- this season was special. It was great for him. Uh, number two, Jeff McNeil, batting title champ. Um, You know, beat veteran guys like, well, he's a veteran, but like real veteran guys like you know, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, you know. Um, it was that was special to watch. Especially since again, Jeff McDeal was struggling too last year. You know, he was kind of trying to hit for more of power and then realized, you know, I'm a contact guy. That's what I do. And he went back to his old self. Number three is really tough, but I probably have to give it to Max Scherzer. I feel like Um, there's a couple guys I could have gave it to, but Max Scherzer deserves it the most. Um, if he was healthy the whole season, he would have just been stellar for us. And he was still stellar when he was on the mound, but it would have been great to see him for a full season.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go from three to one. Okay. Okay. Number three, I'm going to take Francisco Lindor. Okay. Uh Lindor this year proved that he can handle New York. He proved he's the best shortstop in the game. He proved that he um he patched that relationship with Jeff McNeil last year. Do we know the full story what happened? No, we don't. Uh him, uh McNeil, Giorme, Escobar, Alonzo, that infield worked very well together this year, and I was very pleased with that. Mm-hmm. Now Uh, brings me to number two, by the way, it kills me to leave guys off this, but number two, I'm taking the flying squirrel, Jeff McNeil. He won a batting title, batted 326 was terrific. Uh, had in my opinion, the best offensive season that I have seen in my lifetime. Um, the ability to be a vintage old school type hitter, uh, very rare in this game. And it's something that I really appreciate as a baseball fan. More than just a Met fan as a baseball fan. He's the type of player that you want to model your. Game. And I know he's not the flashiest type player. I know he's not gonna hit 30, 40, 50, 60 home runs. But he's gonna get on base. He's gonna hit singles. He's gonna hit the he's gonna get the RBIs when needed. Number one. You ready? Yep. Sound the trumpets. Number one is Edwin Diaz.
1: I'm not surprised.
0: Edwin Diaz had the best season a New York Met closer has ever had. Edwin Diaz, in my opinion, this year, had some of the best stuff I've ever seen, not just from a closer, but from a pitcher.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Edwin Diaz, he was – granted, nobody's automatic. Nobody is. Nobody's automatic. He was the closest thing to automatic – That I have seen since Mariano Rivera. I'm not trying to like overhype him, overrate him. I'm just simply stating a fact that Diaz had the best season since Mariano
1: Rivera. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, it was really hard keeping Edwin off the list. You know, I had him at four and I had Francisco at five. But, um, yeah, you know, going in the beginning of the season, I remember, I think we were reversing Arizona and we were away. And, you know, it was the beginning of the season. And I, I think it was against Arizona. And I just see um, Diaz give up a game tying home run. And Mets fans are like, oh, oh, God, you know, is he the same Diaz? And he proved this all wrong. And um, I loved watching him. It was, you know, I went to multiple games where he pitched, you know, it was electric. And I, I, I love the guy. And if we don't sign him back, then I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> if we
0: don't sign him back, uh, it's an embarrassing thing for the organization. And um, Mets are going to lose a lot of credibility as an organization, in my opinion. Now, Edwin Diaz, we've talked about how great he's been. We've talked about all that. We've talked about how great Jeff has been and how great Francisco and uh, Pete But let's talk about the role players here. Two guys that I think they may not be in our top three, may not even be in our top five MVPs for the team. We'll make it three, actually. Trevor Williams, David Peterson, and Luis Guillorme. Those three guys, without them on our team, 101 wins would not have been possible. Mm -hmm. The idea that, okay, Max is down, next man up, Trevor Williams, Goes from a reliever to a starter, ends up being awesome, being reliable mm-hmm. every single outing, putting good qual, throwing good quality innings, um, worked fairly deep into a game for a guy that really was a reliever for most of his career. I was super impressed. Uh now looking at David Peterson, same thing. He, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer get hurt. He goes, he steps it up, and is absolutely terrific. Uh, McGill got hurt as well. Peterson stepped up. He was terrific. He was a lefty that we needed out of the bullpen later in the year. So, kudos to him and Luis Guillorme. With his glove, he's got the best hands in the league. Uh, His glove is fantastic. Uh, His bat we've seen come around a lot this year. Um, He was a pretty good hitter this year a lot of people forget and he was one of the best utility guys that we've had in years. And I think he's truly shined this year.
1: And uh, I'm glad what he's become into really. I think, I think you basically summed it up there. I mean, I, I basically had the same guys, you know, Trevor Williams was great. You know, if somebody didn't go deep in a game, like Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, he came in and pitched three or four, just, Stud innings, you know, just shutting the offense down, giving our offense the, the chance, the confidence to, you know, get those runs back. Luis Guillorme, he was hurt for a little bit, but his defense is just incredible to watch, you know. You know, in early in his career with uh, Guillorme, you know, I thought he was a liability with hitting, but he really stepped up his hitting. You know, he had a good average this year. You know he was a, he always fights off counts as we know, and um, David Peterson. You know he came off a really bad season last year. You know he was beyond bad, <laughs> and um, you know seeing him also progress in his young career was also great to see. Hundred percent agree.
0: Uh, it was truly, it was truly an honor. I think uh, it really was an honor. Uh, to be able to watch those guys play baseball this year. um, The other guy, there's another one, I think, that uh may not be in that role-player category, but a guy that certainly stepped it up. And that is Escobar for turning his season around. He mm-hmm. was being booed. He said, I want to give the fans a reason to cheer for me. And you know what he did? That September was one of the most monstrous months <laughs> Of baseball that I have seen by any position player in the Mets for the yeah. Mets in the past. Yeah. Uh, kudos to Escobar for turning his season around. Love his energy. Glad he's going to be back next
1: year. Yeah, I loved Escobar. I mean, I drafted him in fantasy beginning of the year. So and, did I. And he, you know, he was actually my starter for a little bit. He was one of my utility guys, maybe even third base. And, you know, when he was struggling, you know, he found his he found himself on the bench, you know, in my, on my fantasy team. And when he was really struggling and ended up getting hurt, um, we were really like a lot of fans were like, this guy's a liability. Like, why did we sign this guy? Like, we didn't give him that much money, but like there were better options. Like, and then he really stepped it up. You know, I always was a fan of Escobar. He has a lot of like unseen pop. Um, you know, being like kind of a short guy, you know, he has those tree trunks of legs, <laughs> and um, you know, it's just fun watching him. He has just a really nice, clean swing. You know, he he's just a fun player to watch.
0: I agree. Now, moving on to a more somber, melancholy, disappointing, dreadful thing to talk about: the Jacob Degrom rumors. We have to address it hmm Uh, I'm getting nervous personally. Where are you as far as that goes?
1: You know, I love I love Jacob, but um at this point, it's clear that he will take less money from another team to go there. And it it really does pain me to say that because, you know, we'll just what like not seeing DeGrom in a Met uniform is just gonna kill me if that happens. And but I, I I just don't know if there's really a shot for the Mets to get him back. You know, at the same time, you know, is it worth giving him $50 million a year? To He's 35 already. He's had multiple injuries in the past. He's not throwing 102 anymore. He's throwing, like, usually where a lot of people throw now, like 97, 98. You know, he doesn't have that much run on his fastball anymore. You know, he was... He was really good this season, but he also showed, like, a lot of, like, you know, get, when, when he got deep into games, you know, he was giving up big hits. So is he really worth $50 million just for him to stay on our team? You know, it's – I'm just in between right now. Like, I feel like as a fan I want him, but, like, it's not my money, like you always say, and um, whatever Steve Cohen decides to do, He will do it. Yeah.
0: um, I think that certainly it's unlikely he comes back. I think that's a realization most Met fans have come to. But I think that Jacob DeGrom means more to this franchise than anyone will ever know. Um, Coming up 2014, winning Rookie of the Year right off the bat, uh, being a great key piece of that 2015 team, uh, 2016 – we know that injury went down and if he made if if he was there we may have made a deeper push in 16 mm-hmm. uh, 17 the worst year of his career uh, you know that story that iconic Terry Collins talk with him yep uh, that skyrocketed his career 2018 wins his first Cy young with a 1.70era 2019 2.43 ERA. Uh, wins the Cy Young for a second consecutive time. 2020, we, see, we start seeing the injuries start to form in that 60-game season. Then uh, 21, brilliant first half. Best first half by a pitcher in MLB history. Gets hurt, end of the year for DeGrom. Uh, 2022 starts the season uh, injured, then comes back around August. And uh, he's Jacob DeGrom for a few starts and then we started to see him struggle and now he's really a question mark
1: yeah um, you said it all i mean that's that was his roller coaster ride of a career so far and you know if i he it's just it just sucks cuz i really don't think he's going to come back and it's it's just going to be so sad. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um Yeah. That's all I got to say.
0: Now, Edwin Diaz, I do think we'll re-sign and as we've talked about, we brought this up shortly. If we don't re-sign him, it's
1: uh a disgrace. Yeah. Um it's it won't it won't be a good look for us at all, you know. Then we would have to find a closer, and obviously nobody in our pen, maybe Ottavino would be a closer for us. I mean, Ottavino was very good this season, being a setup guy, but he's just not the person you want as a closer. You know, he walks a de- he walks a decent amount of guys. He's able to get out of innings and stuff like that, but it's it's not somebody you want as a closer, at like Edwin Diaz. And I mean, I think he'll resign easily, to be honest, because. Even though Yankee – sorry, Met fans gave him a lot of crap in the beginning of his career with the Mets, you know, not being as brilliant as he was with the Mariners, I – you know, he he still loves this Mets fan base and he likes this Mets team. And I think that if we give him less than what other teams are giving him, I think he'll still sign here, in my opinion.
0: Well, you said it right there. Uh, I agree with you.
1: Now Brandon Nimmo, <sighs> man, I think I think we're gonna give him money. Like I think I think he'll be back, but just like the thought of him not being on this team, it's really gonna kill me because I I love Brandon. I love his energy on the field. You know, him running the first base after he walks is just me and my good friend Ryan Booze. You know, we love it. You know, it just brings like a nice energy to the game that like people like to see, you know, it's not even like the energy, but he's also just a great leadoff hitter, just a great bat, you know, he has that contact, but he also has that pop being able to hit home runs. You know, he's, he's really a a five tool player in my opinion. Like he is just, he is the center fielder that you would want commanding that outfield and being that leadoff guy on your team. And if we don't have that, it's a big blow. We would have to like, If we don't sign back Brandon Nimmo, then you would think that the Mets are making a push for for Judge. Like, you would have to. Like, that's the only other option.
0: I think Brandon Nimmo is a terrific leadoff hitter. And I think it's truly essential that we keep Brandon Nimmo on this team long term. Uh, I don't think that there's really any debating that one. Um, Credit to Brandon Nimmo for being the great player that he's been um, these past uh, what, seven years he's been here, came up in 16, so yeah. probably, yeah, seven years. Uh, he's been a great key piece for this team, and hopefully we retain him, hopefully we bring him back, and to be honest, frankly, I'd make him captain. Him and Francisco, co-captains. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got the homegrown guy in Nemo, um, who is great with the media, great with the players, and then you got the the leader another leader in francisco lindor um i think the two of them should be named co-captain that's my
1: opinion yeah all right i agree i'm just to to i guess like because it cuts off at 30 minutes right so
0: uh, no we're we're good um we could probably just end it then start another and we could put that with one episode
1: Alright, um, so I mean with I'm just wondering what the Mets are going to do with McCann and Nito being that Francisco Alvarez is probably going to stay on this team. I'm wondering if we're going to make uh, Francisco the catcher, if we're going to keep him at DH and then keep swapping off McCann and Nito, but I, I personally don't like the idea. I feel like Francisco needs to be our catcher and Nito should be our backup, and we should just buy out McCann. But I, I want to get your thoughts before.
0: Okay, that. first of all, I am very glad you didn't bring up what you said to me earlier um, about you know that that other catcher. Um, I I um, know who, he, yeah, I know who he is. I just don't want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I think first of all, Nito has to be your starting catcher next year. I say first of all, you got to buy out McCann. Love the guy. He's a great leader, good defensively, but you got to buy him out. 186 was unacceptable this year, and I'm speaking
1: – Three home runs. Three.
0: Three. Okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> uh, I would have Francisco Alvarez be the backup uh, and the DH. Nito can mentor Francisco Alvarez. Mm-hmm. That, that's my thought at least. Uh, I think you need that veteran catcher to mentor the younger guy. Uh, and if Francisco is terrific, you make Nito the backup. It's it's that simple. Um, the beauty of it is you got a designated hitter in the National League. Um, what I would also do, I would say we're set with catchers after that. Two more years in McCann is a
1: little much. Yeah, no, it's he needs to go. Like, there's no spot on his team after this year. Like, there really isn't because Francisco Alvarez is, like, if Tomas Nito's starting, Francisco Alvarez is DH and the backup catcher. Like, there's just no spot for him. And, like, what's the point of holding three catchers? There's no point. Um, and,
0: yeah, And if Alvarez sucks, you still have for March till the trade deadline, which is August, which is August 2nd usually, mm-hmm. to make a trade and you can fix whatever – you can rewrite whatever wrongs you have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, we need to buy out him. Like, <laughs> I can't keep watching him uh, just strike out, just not doing anything to improve his hitting game. You know, like, it's just – it's clear that he's not uh, doing anything to uh, improve his hitting game. You know, we know, I mean, he's a good – he's a good defensive catcher, but so is Nito, so, like, it's not even, like – that's valuable to the team since we have Nito. You know, Nito's one of the best framers in the league. So, I mean, and he has yeah. a really good arm. So, again, McCann has no spot. Um, I'm just – I'm wondering if the people that we got at the deadline, if they're going to stay on this team next year.
0: Um. Okay. I'm going to bring up to you what I've taken notice of. We'll start with uh, the elephant in the room. Darren Ruff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. One of the worst players to ever put on a Mets uniform. Uh, and that's an understatement. Darren Ruff has two more years left of his contract. If we send him down, he has the right to outright refuse and elect free agency. Therefore, what I would do the first day of spring training I would send him down, have him refuse, then hit free agency. Do whatever you can to get that guy off your books, even if it means paying him. Uh, I would even pay him $40 million to get him off the team. Um, th- I'm not normally like this, but that's how I feel. Uh, Daniel Vogelback, we have three more years. I um, believe most of the years are options, though, if I'm not mistaken.
1: I think I'll think he'll stay on the team. Uh, I, I'm more apt to keep Vogel back. Because
0: he can be that good piece off the bench, to get that bomb when needed, mm-hmm. um, and he also Tyler walks Aik- a lot. He he walks it, he like, walks a lot. He does. He, he, uh, maybe he not works every day. Yeah, maybe not the maybe not the everyday DH, but I definitely see a spot for Vogie in the future. Uh, I see him more likely than I see Darren Ruff. Tyler Naquin hits free agency. I may be one of the singular fans me 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 (laughs) so
1: what i'm also a fan of him Uh,
0: yes so you're probably feeling the same way i am i think we should re-sign him as he would be a great bench bat. keep in mind his job was not to start every day his job was to be a piece and being a piece being that fourth outfielder who says no
1: exactly i agree um Make one. I feel like is a great piece off the bench. You know, he's he started for the Twins. You know, he had pretty good numbers this year. He did bat under two fifty, but you know, he. I mean, i I personally like his swing. I like his approach at, at the plate. You know, I think that he's a pretty decent outfielder. You know, I feel like him and Volga back being the lefty bats is just great. Um, having Guillaume as a righty, right? He's a right, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, who would be the other ready off the bench is what I'm thinking.
0: Okay. Um,
1: definitely honestly, not.
0: Darren Ruff. Definitely not. And I will <laughs> say that it just depends. Too early to tell who those other guys are going to yeah. be. But ask every single fan what they think of Tyler Naquin. They absolutely love the guy. Ask Cincinnati fans what so they think they love the guy. I would bring him back. I think he would be good off the bench. Uh, We're not talking about being an everyday guy. We're not talking Mm -hmm. about that. If he has a hot streak, maybe you play him every day. But you never know. And you need those pieces if you want a good team. He's a veteran. I like that idea. Givens hits free agency this year. You can give your thoughts first, and I'll give mine.
1: Givens, you said? Yes. (sighs) You know, Givens was – he was – a little rocky for us, you know, but he also had some pretty solid outings. I say we keep him. But, um, it, it just depends on the money that he wants, you know. If he wants a decent amount of money, kick him to the curb.
0: My thought on this, Givens is not going to break the bank. You bring him back. Mm-hmm. Anybody that has an arm and can at least pitch an inning, I want on this team because you never have enough depth. Yeah. You never know. You never know. If he goes out there and he stinks, worst case scenario, you do what you did with Chase and Shreve. You took the chance on him in the offseason, pitched great for a few months, and then he sucked. What do we do? We outright released him. Mm-hmm. Right? You can do that with these guys. You can do that. Um, you know, I, I think that I would definitely sign Givens. Uh, he's got great career numbers, and Buck knows exactly what Givens has and what Givens will do
1: yep i I completely agree i I think I mean I like his I like his motion pitching you know i like I like kind of his sidearm action, you know, I think that it's great you know and if if he doesn't do well, then like you said, fucking release him. Oh sorry.
0: <laughs> it, it's all good uh yeah i I think another thing too. Adam Ovin, I understand he was not a deadline acquisition but he's a guy we got to bring back.
1: You need to. It's, he is the perfect setup guy to Diaz. Just him, him and Diaz were just the one. They were
0: were bread and butter this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he, he wasn't good with Boston. We, we brought him onto the Mets, you know, and he really proved himself to be that setup guy for Diaz when, you know, obviously Diaz had this stellar year, you know, he, he was that setup guy, and he performed at it. So I think that you got to bring him back easily. Like, like not even a question.
0: I agree. Now, keep in mind, David Peterson, McGill, not counting them as starting pitchers. Therefore, because we don't know what they're going to do. Looking at our rotation for next year, we have one starting pitcher, and that is Max Scherzer. How do you address that?
1: You gotta, you gotta sign somebody. You gotta sign just a solid number two guy. If we don't get Degrom, it's that simple. I mean, you know, I mean, Tyron Walker's free agent, um, Carrasco, Bassett. You know, like Bassett, we need to sign back, in my opinion. You know, he didn't perform in that. You know, he didn't perform in that third game, but. It doesn't shy away from the fact that he had pretty good numbers this year and he could be a. He did. I, I, I don't think that he would be like a really good number two, but he's a really good number three for a contending team. And we need to sign him back. And I think that Bassett likes pitching here too. So I think that if we are able to give him a little less money than a couple of other teams, I think that he'll sign back with us as well.
0: I agree. Now, you did the rundown on Bassett. So. I'm with you on all that. Keep Chris Bassett. Bring him back. It does appear that he liked it here. Uh, another guy that I think, Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. I think Rodon would be a great piece for uh, for this Mets team. Do I think he would have the chemistry that the big three, uh, Scherzer, DeGrom, and Bassett had this year? No. I don't think it'll come close. He'll be a guy that'll probably just mind his own business. He'll take a while to probably fit in with the team, but he's a really good starting pitcher and really underrated. I would definitely give Carlos Rodon an offer at least
1: this year. And he's a lefty, right? He's a lefty. He is a lefty. Which is which is literally what we need. Like it, it's uh, it's it's perfect. You know, I think that if we're able to get Carlos Rodon sign back Bassett, the other two people that we could find, you know maybe even make Trevor Williams a fifth starter if we need to, like need be. But, I, I mean, I personally like Trevor Williams just being a you know, long-term relief guy. But, yeah, like you said, like if we get Carlos Rondon, then that is just perfect.
0: Yeah. Now, we looked at that aspect of the rotation. Here's the other thing. Cleveland, year after year, cannot pay their free agents. I would try to put, uh, put some chips in the, chips in the pot, and try to get Cleveland to give us Shane Bieber, who will be a free agent in a few years. Shane Bieber would be that guy to replace Jacob Degrom, two point eight eight ERA this year, two hundred innings pitched. I know we're kind of just dreaming right now about that. But he's a guy that I would give up my top prospects for. I yeah. would. And in my opinion, frankly, he's the only one I would give up my top prospects for. Wouldn't even do it for Shohei Otani.
1: I mean, the Shohei take is a little crazy. but um,
0: uh, uh, No, I have I have a reason.
1: Uh, yeah, I understand that. But, uh, no,
0: the reason's because uh, there's only one year of the contract. So unless he's guaranteed to go back, I don't want to give up prospects for a guy mm-hmm. that's going to go and walk.
1: That's true. Shane Bieber, I mean, ima- just hypothetical, all right? Just imagine, right? Max Scherzer, Bieber, Rodone, and Bassett. That would be literally, like, we already got called the best uh, rotation in baseball this year. That would be even better, in my opinion. It would. Uh, just absolutely disgusting.
0: I would be okay with that if we don't keep the Grom, uh to get yeah. Bieber.
1: And Radon, yep. And then
0: Bassett, I think that's better than what we had this year.
1: Without a doubt.
0: Uh, And then they said you could trade with Cleveland. You could trade with Detroit. Basically, any non-big market team that has Mm -hmm. a a starting pitcher, you can try to get them. You Mm -hmm. truly can. And uh, here's the other opportunity. Uh, You can go and sign starting pitchers that are going to become a free agent soon. Uh, now, let me take a look here. I'm going to see someone's contract uh, before before we talk about it because I want to get this right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, it's not going to work out here. Uh, my idea was I was curious if uh, Montas was going to be a free agent, and um, he's not. He has one more year. Uh, he's with the Yankees. I thought that, like, maybe one year would be good
1: yeah i mean i mean frankie montos i mean he was like i mean being on a on the yankees team like he wasn't good right like he was not like performing like he should have and then he got hurt i'm i'm not wrong about that right he was not playing well at all like no
0: you're right you're right i was just saying like he was mm -hmm. another oakland guy who was pretty good
1: yeah um I just don't think – I feel like it's kind of it was kind of the same thing with Diaz. Like, he wasn't ready – like, he's not ready for that New York market. He's not ready for that New York atmosphere yet. And I think that if he kind of just gets a couple years under his belt in the New York atmosphere, then he'll settle in. But right now, um, Shane Beaver would be the better option. Now,
0: one move I want to make to bolster our bullpen. And that is trade with the Cincinnati Reds for Alexis Diaz. Edwin Diaz's brother. (laughs) Think about that. Then you could have Edwin can get a six-out save, and then you can get two out of Alexis. So you can get four innings, basically, of Edwin Diaz because Alexis has the same mechanics. Uh, what, question is, would they pick up on Diaz then? Yeah. But the other thing is, if you can get Alexis Diaz, then you got a bona fide closer that uh can be the setup guy. And imagine Adavino Diaz Diaz.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, and and the co- connection going to be there. Like, the chemistry is going to be already there, considering they're other related. You know, it's it would be cool. It would be cool without a doubt.
0: It's certainly something that I want to do now. Out of all the free agents, we've talked about most of them. There's one guy that we really need to sign. They need to do it one of these days. It's been reported that the contract of SNY broadcaster Keith Hernandez has expired. Mm -hmm. I I think we should re-sign him, don't you think?
1: Well, I mean, like, is that even a
0: question? Like, I mean, like, we need to. Did you see those stupid articles that they came out with saying, yeah. oh, Keith might leave? I,
1: I, I, no, like, no, like, leave, leave for what retirement? Like, no, they, they said,
0: they said, cross town. They said he might, they said he, he
1: might go to yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, if, if they're right, then I mean, like, that would just be absolutely shocking. Like, it, it would actually be crazy. Yeah. Just so- crazy thinking about it Keith Keith loves this team his, yeah his whole career he was on this team he I I don't see it at all I mean like I would respect it if he just decides to retire Um, instead of joining back SNY but it'd be a big blow for the SNY crew and I mean I mean I feel like the more concern is like soon Ron Darlin right like he's already on national broadcast but like him getting signed to a national broadcast booth and not being part of SNY would also hurt.
0: Right? It, it would, yeah. Uh, it would definitely hurt. I think that those things, though, we wouldn't have to worry about them. Uh, I was simply just joking over the fact that people actually think that Keith is going to go to the Bronx.
1: Yeah, um, that's, that's crazy. I, okay. I
0: find that more comedic than anything.
1: Yeah, it's crazy to talk. But
0: uh we don't worry about it, you see here. Mhm. Uh I will say one more thing about this New York Mets team. This was I am a lot I've been alive for 17 years. This is the most fun I've ever had watching a Mets. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean the I mean the regular season was definitely top the 2015 regular season. I mean I mean, in my in my eyes, but I mean, if we're talking about overall. I mean, personally, I did enjoy the 2015 match just a little better just because of their playoff run. But if we're talking like regular season, then obviously it goes to this team. I mean, just all the accolades that our players got, just the, the, the fun, the goofiness, just like everything about this team was just so fun to watch. And we never really had that. Drought like the 2015 Mets team did. We never had that, you know, losing streak. And so it was just like, it was just consistent, like winning. And it was just, it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Now, this has been Jonathan Chernin and Nolan Sullivan. We're signing off. Thank you guys for listening. This has been a great 2022 Mets season. We'll be back in a few days for the New York Yankees. Yeah. Peace out, guys.
1: Yep. See you guys.